Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 12, 18 through 29, called The Mountain of Mercy. Turn over to Exodus 20. Here's the reason why God appeared this way. Exodus 20, look at verse 18. Exodus 20 is the, tr- the chapter where you find the Ten Commandments found in verses 1 through 17. And all the people, verse 18, Exodus 20, perceived the thunder and lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. Exodus 20, 18. When the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. Then they said to Moses, this is probably what we would say, Speak to us yourself and we will listen, but let not God speak to us lest we die. They were afraid. You go talk to him. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, for God has come in order to test you and in order that the fear of him may remain with you. Notice this, so that what? You may not sin. There can be a healthy fear. Now, Sinai, let's get back to chapter 19, verse 18. Now, Mount Sinai was all in smoke. Because the Lord descended upon it in fire. This reminds me of 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall what? Rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. The Lord's descended and uh, Sinai's all in smoke upon it, in fire, and smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked violently. Great power and glory, trumpets blasting, lightning flashes, thunder, earthquake, man, you've got it all. A visual uh, <laughs> smorgasbord of sights and sounds, incredible glory. And he says this, when the sound of the trumpet grew louder, 19 and louder, uh, Moses spoke and God answered him with the thunder. You ever wondered what God's voice is like? Compare it to thunder. Now, when you first hear thunder, it's a little bit uh, unnerving, isn't it? You know, you're walking along one day and boom, 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 boom. And, you know, people have said it's up the angels up there bowling and whatever. Well, no, here it's compared to the voice of God. And the Lord came down 20 on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain. And the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain. And Moses, probably with a gulp, went up. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, go down. Warn the people lest they break through to the Lord to gaze. And many of them, notice, perish. And also let the priests who come near to the Lord, 22, consecrate themselves lest the Lord break out against them. And Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for thou didst warn us, saying, Set bounds upon or about the mountain and consecrate it. Then the Lord said to him, Go down and come up again, you and Aaron with you, but do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break forth upon him. And so Moses went down to the people and told them. Now, go to Exodus 24. This is the other Old Testament passage we'll look at and we're done. At least with the Old Testament part. And so, as the moments unfold, here's what happens. Exodus 24, look at verse uh, 6. Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, 
Exodus 24, 6, the other half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant, the old covenant, and he read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. We will be obedient. So Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses, verse 9, went up with Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel. And under his feet there appeared to be a pavement of sapphire. This similar language is found in Revelation chapter 4, by the way. As clear as the sky itself. Yet he did not stretch out his hand against the nobles of the sons of Israel. And they beheld God. And they ate and drank. Now the Lord said to Moses, come up to the mountain. Come up to me on the mountain and remain there. And I will give you the stone tablets with the law. And the commandment which I have written for their instruction. And so Moses arose with Joshua, his servant. Moses went up to the mountain of God. But to the elders, he said, wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a legal matter, let him approach them. And then Moses went up to the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. And the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses from the midst of the cloud. And to the eyes of the sons of Israel, the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. And Moses, ooh, brave man, entered the midst of the cloud as he went up to the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Now go back to Hebrews 12. Now here you have the scene. Uh, God has come down in power on Mount Sinai. He has come down to deliver the law. Bounds have been put up. Warnings have been given. Don't cross the boundaries. If an animal does, kill it from a distance. Moses would say later in Deuteronomy 9.15, as he described the event, 40 years later, I turned and came down from the mountain while the mountain was burning with fire. And the two tablets of, of the covenant were in my two hands. As Moses came down the mountain with the two tablets of the law, the mountain was on fire behind him and all around. Radical scene. How many of you like third day? Our God, He is a consuming fire. He reaches inside. And so here is the scene. And when you look at it, you understand as you go back to Hebrews 12 why the writer is saying, man, don't go back to the law. Because if you go back to the law, all you've got waiting for you is Sinai. How many of you want to face God like that at Sinai? How many of you want to go to the mountain and try to explain to God how you are different from other people and you actually kept the law and you're a good person? I think all you would hear is glory, power. You don't want to face God at Sinai. So the writer says, look, you might have it tough right now. Maybe your feet are tired in the march of life. Maybe you're tempted to go back, in this case, to Judaism or to the law. Don't. Quit. Don't give up because there's only two mountains. And you don't want mountain A, Sinai. You want to choose mountain B, Zion, the spiritual place. See, you've not come to, verse 19, Hebrews 12, to the blast of a trumpet and the sounds of words. Remember the thunder? Which sound was such that those, uh, Hebrews 12, 19, who heard beg that no further words should be spoken to them. And they were so fearful, they said, please don't let him speak anymore. For they could not bear the command. If even a beast, verse 20, touches the mountain, it will be stoned. 
implication, killed at a safe distance. And so terrible was the sight from Deuteronomy 9.19 that Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling. But you, now here's the contrast, brothers and sisters, you have come not to Sinai, you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem and to myriads of angels. The beauty is we are not going to deal with Sinai, but imagine this, I believe, the Lord impressed on me this week, this is a picture of what it will be like for the unbeliever on Judgment Day facing God without Christ. It will be something like Sinai. See, people think that they're going to go into a white room and barter with a a bearded man uh, who is just kind of like them, but a little bit above them, and they'll try to talk it out. That's not going to be the case for the unbeliever. The unbeliever is going to face God in something like the scene of Sinai. And that should motivate us to evangelism. When someone says to you, well, I'm glad that Jesus thing works for you, but it kind of cramps my lifestyle. And I, I don't Come on, man. It's either Sinai or Zion. And when you realize that, it's not about pragmatism. It's about what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul. See, this is the message of Scripture. But you, brethren, have not come to Sinai. You have come, and notice this language, you have come, it's a done deal, to Mount, si- to Mount Zion. You have come to the city of the living God. F.F. Bruce, the great scholar, says, no. The mountain, verse 22, to which you have come is Mount Zion. You have come to the city of the living God. You have come to the heavenly Jerusalem, to myriads of angels in festal array. Joyful assembly, says the NIV. We know that angels take great joy when one sinner, what? Comes to repentance, there is joy in heaven. And so Zion is about salvation. It's about the rejoicing of angels and festal garments. It's about joy and peace in the kingdom of God. It's about all that Zion means. Now some of you may be saying, what is Zion? Well, Zion was a portion of land that David purchased from the Jebusites. And David kind of made it his religious uh, uh, center. He, he, his royal residence was there and the Ark of the Covenant was brought. And the Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God was brought into Zion. Later to the north, Solomon built the temple right in that general area. And so Jerusalem and the Temple Mount and all that it represents kind of became synonymous with Zion. So when you say Zion, in essence you're saying Jerusalem, and when you're talking about the heavenly Zion, you're talking about the heavenly Jerusalem. You're not talking about something that's physical. It's not a physical mountain. Remember the woman, uh, the Samaritan woman that Jesus met at the well? She said to Jesus, our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you people say that in Jerusalem is the place that men ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, listen to these words, woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem shall you worship the Father. You worship that which you do not know. We worship that which we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in, remember, spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It is not about a location. 
It is about the reality of the Holy Spirit living in you. It's not about a church building per se. It is about the church. Now, some people hear that and say, praise the Lord. That means I can worship on the golf course at the beach. Because after all, God, it's not about a building. It's not about a mountain. Yeah, it's not about a location. But you know that you've passed from death to life because what? You love God's people. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you are a longtime listener to Walk in Truth, we could use your help. We are excited to announce we have the opportunity to broadcast on a new radio station. It's a daily program. We can be on every day like we are here, and we can be ministering to a whole new group of people. An opportunity that will help this ministry reach more people like you in Oahu, Hawaii. The door is open. The gospel is free. But the old saying is, someone's got to put in the plumbing. (laughs) Our mission with Pastor Michael's teachings is to equip listeners with God's Word in a way that helps them address today's issues, trends, and culture. In his spiritual workout plan, what is that spiritual workout plan? It's to heal. It's to get better. It's to pursue some things. And one of the things that you pursue is peace. But before we say yes to this opportunity, we could use your help. The price to broadcast on this radio station daily is $2,491 a month. Can you partner with us to reach people in Hawaii? Would you become a Walk in Truth partner today? Your financial commitment of at least $20 a month would help us reach this goal. That's about the price to go out and get a sandwich, a bag of chips, and a drink. We have until the end of September to raise these funds. If you become one of the 125 new partners, you'll be part of the team bringing God's truth to more people. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to help us expand, we could use your help. That means four people would have to make a commitment each day until the end of September. Would you be one of the four now? Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. Thank you so much to all of our partners, all of our listening family, all of our new listeners. We love you. Begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. It's not about a building. It's not about a mountain. Yeah, it's not about a location, but you know that you've passed from death to life because what? You love God's people. See, we're here today. I'm here today. I've got many options in Southern California. I happen to be the pastor too. That's good reason to be here. But you know what? Last weekend when I wasn't here with you, I was with brothers up at Big Bear and we weren't in a church building, but the church was there. And when the church is there, there is a beauty of fellowship and there is nothing like it. You see, I want to be where God is and where God's people are. And so this is the idea. This is not the physical mountain. This is the spiritual Jerusalem. This is marching toward Zion. Look at Hebrews 11, verse 10. Just skip back a chapter. For he, speaking of Abraham, Hebrews 11:10, was looking for the city, Hebrews 11:10, which has foundations, whose architect and builder is what? Is God. But as it is, skip down to verse 16, chapter 11. They desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. You can write in your Bible there, Zion. Uh, Go to Hebrews 13, look at verse 14. 
Hebrews 13, look at verse 14. For here, Hebrews 13, 14, we do not have a lasting city. On this earth, we don't have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city which what? Is to come. That's the heavenly Jerusalem. That's the place where my heart is. My citizenship is in heaven from which I eagerly wait the Savior who is Jesus Christ the Lord who will transform my lowly body in the resurrection into conformity with His body by the power of the exertion that He has even to subdue or bring all things to Himself. My citizenship is in heaven. As a matter of fact, I'm already seated with Christ in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So in essence, in one sense, I'm already there in spirit. I'm already enrolled in heaven. Look at verse uh, 23. You've come to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. By the way, all God's people are firstborn because that speaks of the inheritance, the privileged place of inheritance. You've come to the church of the firstborn who are what? Enrolled in heaven and, oh, here's the beauty, and to God. Now I know that angels are going to be in heaven. And sometimes we've talked in past weeks and we said, Wouldn't it, isn't it going to be cool when we talk to John and Paul and Peter and we'll be able to talk to Abraham and Elijah and we, we come up with all these Bible characters. But can you imagine hanging out with the seraphim with all the eyes all around and saying, are you looking at me right now? You know, that kind of thing. And could you imagine having breakfast with Michael, the archangel. He's going to be high on my list because Michael is a good name. Imagine talking to Gabriel. Imagine what this city is going to be like. The spirits of righteous men, missionaries you've read about, loved ones that you've seen buried, and all of a sudden, your momentary light affliction will come into perspective. That's what the writer's saying. Don't go back. Don't stop marching. Because what is ahead of you is so beautiful, so glorious. He, here's the main attraction, if I could put it this way. God is there. You see, you will come to God who's the judge of all and to the spirits of righteous men made perfect. I love the fact that angels are going to be there in joyful assembly. I heard a story uh, from Olive uh, Fleming Liefeld in her book, Unfolding Destinies. She tells how two young Alka Indians... Dawa and Kimo heard singing after witnessing the martyrdom of five missionaries in the jungles of Ecuador. As they looked over, up over the tops of the trees just after the martyrdom of these Christians, they saw a large group of people. They were all singing and it looked as if uh, there were a hundred flashlights. Min- uh, angels are ministering spirits. They come to minister uh, to those who will inherit salvation. I shared some angel stories with you uh, at the beginning of the Hebrew study, but one just to encourage you, one dark night about a hundred years ago, a Scottish missionary couple found themselves surrounded by cannibals. Can you imagine that? You set up shop, you, you're trying to reach this tribe and they're cannibals and now you know they're after you and you know what cannibals uh, want to do with you. And so that would improve your prayer life, would it not? And so the couple found themselves surrounded by cannibals intent on taking their lives. That terror-filled night, they fell on their knees and prayed that God would protect them. Intermittent with their prayers, the missionaries heard the cries of the savages and expected them to come through the door at any moment. But as the sun began to rise, to their astonishment, they found that the natives were retreating into the forest. The couple's hearts soared to God, and it was a day of rejoicing. The missionaries bravely continued their work, and a year later, the chieftain of that tribe was converted. 
As the missionaries spoke with him, he remembered the horror of that night. And he said to the chieftain why he and his men had not killed them. The chief replied, Who were all those men who were with you? The missionary answered, Why, there was no man with us. There was just my wife and myself. The chieftain began to argue with him, saying, No, there were hundreds of tall men in shining garments with drawn swords circling about your house so that we could not attack you. You've been listening to The Mountain of Mercy, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 29. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Hey, just to let you know, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Our hope is to broadcast this program on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Our ministry has grown a lot over the years, and it's thanks to our church and our listeners that have become our financial partners. Our producer, Rob Newton, went to Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California recently to update the congregation on the state of walk in truth. He talked about where we are, what's new, where we'd like to go, and how you can help. If you'd like to listen to Rob Newton and Pastor Michael's short presentation, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. It's also on walkintruth.com. We've entitled it The State of Walk in Truth. And again, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, it's always fascinating to hear accounts of angels outside of the Bible. And it's it's true that we should have a certain amount of skepticism when we hear anecdotal accounts. But, you know, when we hear missionaries tell these stories, I tell you, there's a certain amount of credibility that comes with it. And I have heard, and perhaps you have as well, many firsthand accounts uh, from missionaries about miracles that have occurred. Why does it seem like there's more of this kind of thing overseas? I don't know for sure. It may be that the exposure to the gospel, to the Bible, is less. Therefore, God deems uh, something more supernatural to occur to open the door to belief. I'll leave that to you to think about. Even recently, I heard of what some friends believe was perhaps angels that showed up on the scene of an accident. Maybe you have uh, had something that's you know kind of been similar. You can see by this uh, account that it's verified by what we'd call multiple attestation, even by uh, someone who was an enemy, really, of the gospel or uh, an unbeliever, to be sure. So these are interesting things to think about. And you might say, well, is there precedent to believe this? Should I be looking for angels? No, the Bible never says to look for them. But it does say that when we're hospitable, some have entertained angels unaware. That's an intriguing verse in Hebrews 13. Should we be confident that this is another way in which the Lord protects his people? Angels are called ministering spirits in Hebrews 1.14, come to render help to those who will inherit salvation. That, of course, is the church. So, yes, I do think that the Bible teaches it, and we should believe that angels are on call, if you will. Some people wonder, does everybody have a guardian angel? The Bible doesn't give us enough to know for sure. But we do know that angels seem to, taking Scripture with Scripture, look in on our church services, observe our conduct, render service to those who are in need in the body. Do they always show up? When do they? When don't they? 
I would just have to argue that that's all under the sovereign umbrella of God's working out his plan. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and this is Walk in Truth, and we're walking through the book of Hebrews, and we're coming to the very end of the book. Some amazing stuff still ahead for us, and I'll tell you, this book has been such a blessing for me over the years. I pray it has been for you as well. If you want to know more about the ministry of Walk in Truth right here on your radio station, maybe you're podcasting for the first time or listening for the first time, you can go to our website. It's walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. And you can check out information about the church behind it, how to support it, how to pray. And if you need something from us, like you need some encouragement or you need some prayer, you can reach out to us through walkintruth.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, if you're a longtime listener to Walk in Truth, we could use your help. We're excited to announce that we have an opportunity to broadcast on a radio station in Oahu, Hawaii. The price to broadcast on this radio station daily is $2,491 a month. Can you partner with us to reach people in Hawaii? Would you become a Walk in Truth partner today? Your financial commitment of at least $20 a month would help us reach this goal. We have until the end of September to raise these funds. So if you become one of 125 new partners, you'll be part of the team bringing God's truth to more people. That means four people would have to make a commitment each day until the end of September. Will you be one of those four now? Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 18 through 29, called The Mountain of Mercy. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.